Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Kaiser Bender and Baum Retail Adventures Podcast. As always, I am the Baum in Kaiser Bender and Baum, Jason Baum, and with me as they are every week are George Ann Bender and Rich Kaiser. Hey guys. Hey everybody, how are you? How are you doing hey, this Jason? week? We're do- you know what today is? Today's my I, wedding I honestly anniversary. have no idea what today is. Today is my wedding anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. How long have you been married there, Thank George? you. Uh, what are you like? Is this your 50th? <laughs> oh, Rich, you're lucky no, this is it, virtual. I think your 50th is coming up. <laughs> but I have been married longer than Jason's been around, so. <laughs> that might tell this you. Is so our, this, is our, this is our 41st wedding anniversary. Wow. Wow. That's pretty awesome, huh? Congratulations. I know. So before we go any further, we have a special guest today. Yes. We're really excited about our special guest today because he's a great friend. This is Brian Gibbs. Brian is the president of Refund Retriever, a company that has provided businesses with complete logistics visibility and savings through FedEx and UPS invoice auditing, reports and analytics, contract negotiations, shipping insurance, and freight slash LTL rate shopping since 2006. Brian founded Refund Retriever in 2006 while running his first eBay-based business and seeing the shortcomings of other shipment auditing companies. So after graduating, listen to this guy, listen to this guy's uh, resume here. After graduating from Texas A&M University in 2001, he then went back and graduated from the University of Houston in 2004 with a JD and an MBA. Brian lives in Houston, Texas with his wife, two kids, and their dog Refund of Refund Retriever. That's right. And you know what's really, really interesting is that you know, the first time that we met Brian and he told us what he does and what he was doing for stores, uh, with a jaundiced eye, I watched him very carefully. Now, over five years, I think, Brian, maybe six, we've worked together. Yeah. Uh, I have never, George, and I think you would agree with me, probably never found uh, a vendor any better to recommend to retailers uh, to get some money. Well, Basically, yeah. to get free yeah. money. <laughs> money. Exactly. money from heaven. That's money well, from heaven. Like, that's yeah. what I Money from heaven. We have taken great pleasure because that gives us a lot of credibility when you start working with them, Brian, and they call us and say, thank you, because it's really what you said it was. So it is really wonderful to have you with us on this program. I'm I'm glad glad you invited me, and I'm I'm looking forward to this. Definitely. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So we always open up. Jason tells us a little bit about what's going on in the world, what's happening in retail, happening with COVID. So Jason... Hit it, buddy. Yeah, so some things have been going on, right, with COVID. And um, we haven't really, we've been trying to not talk as much about the virus uh, these past few weeks. And we've been talking a lot about reopening and reopening strategies of states. And um, it's been over a few weeks as that's been rolling out. And now we're about um, a few weeks, uh, in some cases, it's almost 10 weeks into the rollout of openings which is crazy because by the way, when did it only become, when has it been 10 weeks since the opening started? I feel, what week is this of this thing? I know. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, And now they're starting, now we're obviously starting to see an uptick in cases. Um, Certain states are being overrun. Brian, your state of Texas is definitely one of them. Um, Arizona. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, we were on the, the early side of it. So, so, um, you know, with Illinois and, and New Jersey being two hard hit um, states early on, and obviously um, my neighbor here in New York. Um, but now, uh, definitely the rest of the country is feeling it. So now, as excited as we were about all these reopenings, now the talks have been when to put things on pause again. And yep. what do we take away? In uh, my great state of New Jersey, uh, indoor dining was set to open uh, this was it this Monday or last Monday? I can't remember. Honestly, it's been a blur. Um, and then um, Governor Murphy decided at pretty much the 11th hour to to just keep them closed. And it's probably the right call. But, um, you know, we know a lot of local businesses here and they're hurting and, and they were getting ready to reopen the indoor dining. And now they don't have that opportunity to to do that. And I'm already seeing some of my favorite restaurants that are local here closing. 
Um, and I think it's only a matter of time if we, we see more and more of that. You know, we did the whole thing on, on getting your store ready to close. And then we did a whole series of webinars and articles on our Retail Adventures blog about getting your store to reopen again. And then it was smooth sailing for about a week and a half where we could talk about here's what's going on in your store and here's how to get customers excited and people are coming back and they're shopping and buying. And now we're going back into what happens if your store closes and you have to wait to reopen again. So it's a, it's state by state, it's community by community, and it's, it's kind of scary you know, to what, not know what's happening. I really think that, you know, with all the stores that we've been talking with, you know, through all this up in Dasaka, it's like going on a, a tremendous ski slope that never ends. Um, it goes up and down. But you know what? I really think those who are working, and I, and I, I underlined the word working, but those who are working it are going to become probably the best merchants that they've ever dreamt they could be. Uh, because they're going to know and they're going to understand principles of creation of of traffic, manipulation of presentation. You know, everything's going to happen. And, uh, I, you know, and I think there are going to be certain services that they're going to enlist to help them uh, that they've never heard of before. But, you know, because of this, everyone is trying to do whatever they can do to keep their money and become successful. So, Brian... You're in Texas. You're right in the heart of one of the states that's having a major major league comeback. What's it What's it like to be there and and deal with with businesses that were were closed, were open, were closed? You know, what's it like? Yeah, I, I live in the middle of Houston, and I don't go to many places. Like, it's if I I go to Home Depot a lot, but I use the lockers outside of Home Depot. You know, you, you scan it, you go, you know, we don't go inside the store. People are going inside the store. If I go get like takeout at a restaurant or something, everybody's usually masked. And it, it's, it's weird because I see the people that are sitting in the restaurants because there are still people, you know, in t sitting at tables and you kind of wonder like, well, what are you kind of, what are you doing? And cause uh, you know, a lot of yeah, people, what are you doing? yeah, like, are, are, you, are you nuts? But I saw, a me I, I saw a meme the other day, and it's a it's a waiter, and he's got rubber gloves on, he's got a mask, and he's got a visor on, and the caption was, "If your waiter has to put all that on to take your order, stay home." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I bring take home to the house, you know, I cut the bag, I take everything out and throw everything away and then i wash my hands before i eat like stuff gets cold or i feed the family like let me yeah. give it to you and then i throw everything out take it out so it, it's really like they're closing more like they open bars here at one point then they close them they close that galveston is 50 miles south of us that's where you know everybody goes to the beach here and they close that this over july 4th they closed all the beaches and they basically on Friday, they, they knew everybody from Houston. There's nothing else to do. Like the things people that do in Texas aren't really open anymore. So now people are going to like RV parks. They're going out in the middle of, you know, central Texas where there's very few people. Like this weekend, I was in a county that literally had 17 active cases for the entire county. And there were people coming in from other places there. And you could tell who they who they were, like, you know, they weren't from this area and they were treating it like they were in the middle of Houston or Dallas or, or Austin. And so it, it's really weird to see people like in rural areas that they're, I mean, it's kind of business as normal. Like I went into a hardware store this weekend in a little town called Mejia, Texas. And I know where I that is. Wearing, I was wearing a face mask. And nobody else in there was wearing a face mask. They were sitting there having coffee. And Which I don't get. If you're one of the states that's that's going crazy, why aren't they mandatory? That's one of the things that saved us crazy. here. They're mandatory. Of, the number of active cases in a certain county, then face masks are mandatory. And it's a yeah. very low threshold, but there's a lot of counties in Texas. And there's a lot of counties that barely have 5,000 people living there total. But also it yeah. could be a case where they might not have a lot of testing available. They might have one testing area open 
Friday, Saturday, and maybe Sunday. But during the week, they might not have a testing area open or they move it from town to town because a lot of the people in some of the different towns, they don't move around too much. And if it's in, if it's the next town might be 30 miles, they're not going over to the next town to get tested. Right. They might kind of stick it out. So I think also that's why we're seeing a lot of the increase in like in Houston, because there are more places that are testing now. And now I just saw in the news the other day that there's a saliva test that they're doing. So people that were, I guess, before might've been afraid to get that, you know, the test before because it was uncomfortable might be going to get the test now. Uh, you know, that's not saying that the numbers are any different. It might just be that people aren't as scared to go get it done, which is great. Like there needs to be more places. Like it needs to be, be done more, but I, I mean, the numbers are still high because people still have it. So I did the saliva test here um, recently. Um, oh, yeah? now, now they're testing whether you're symptomatic, not symptomatic. They'd want everybody to get tested here. Um, there's plenty of tests. Um, Rutgers was one of the um, schools that came out with that saliva test. So there's plenty of that here. Um, and I did that. And yeah, it was better. Maybe is it, better. Is it is it as efficient? I don't know if it's as, is it as efficient and or effective as the other one? Uh, that's a, I, above my pay grade. I would assume I it my, is. Um, but the only thing is if anything is, is in your saliva that could impact that test. Like if you have like a crumb or something, so you can't eat um, a certain number of hours before you get the saliva test done. There's like some, some extra things that you probably don't have to worry about. Although with the um, nasal swab, I have heard that unless you're getting in the exact right cavity, some people who did test positive weren't testing positive anymore and then were retesting positive. And they think that's because of how that nasal swab was done. So it's a whole mess, but I had that in the antibody test done. Uh, My daughter had to, my daughter, yay. My daughter had to get the, swab test before she had her baby and I have to I'm having surgery on my hand for carpal tunnel soon and I have to get it and I'm looking forward to that less than I am actually recovering from the surgery <laughs> no they'll massage your brain it's like if you ever if you have a headache that day you know it's it's nice uh, it, it might feel good you never know <laughs> yeah I kind of doubt it but you're right you never know like being I mean being in such a large city like Houston where the numbers are going up and you know, the, it's, it's funny because like we have a, a county judge that puts out numbers and she has a press conference every single day. And then the, you know, we have a huge hospital system. We have a, we have one area that literally has 40 hospitals, like all in a circle. And then they put out numbers of like bed capacity and stuff. And, you know, there's, it, it's, it's a lot of times here you don't know who to listen to, but all of the voices seem to be doing the same thing. So, you know, that's why I, I, other than a grocery store or the Home Depot locker, I'm not going to go anywhere. We, I mean, we DoorDash all the time. We don't send our kids to uh, daycare at all in the summertime. They were supposed to go to summer camp. We stopped, we, we pulled the plug on that. My wife's an attorney. She hasn't been into the office literally since this started. And this was what in April or March, like March, March. March. We have, she has not been into the office. She's embraced zoom. She's embraced all the, you know, distance co-working and that's, that's her new life. That's my new life. Like we've done zoom forever and we're going to continue to do it just because this has worked for us. We've been able to set it up. And if you have the right, I guess, if you have the right, I guess, mechanisms in place, like if you look at one of my emails, in the email, it's going to have my contact information for phone. And the very bottom of it is going to say, connect with me on Zoom. And it's linked to a Calendly, basically a, a calendar of every time I can be available and I put in when I want to be, what kind of structure I want how much, how many minutes I went before or after one. I mean, if you have the mechanisms, mechanisms in place, yeah. this should be no different than 
it was before. There's no reason for need to go and see somebody these days because I can have the same interaction with anybody on this platform as I yeah, did. Yeah, but, but Rich and I are speakers and, and we need, exactly. we're doing virtual things, but we need upfront and personal and people to talk to, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. we're getting by, but you know, I mean, we haven't seen you for so long because all the trade shows have been canceled. I need to see you, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, so before we um, kind of switch gears, um, one other bit of news that came out um, uh, just a few hours ago today. Today is July 7th um, when we're recording this. And uh, Walmart announced, I don't know if you guys saw this yet, that Walmart has announced Walmart Plus. So that's interesting and exciting. And um, maybe now What Amazon, is that? Um, well, so oh, like Walmart- Prime? Yeah, so Walmart is basically stepping it up, and they've had a really good, um, good year so far. Obviously, Walmart, yeah. and they've been incredible, and they've had a lot of essential products. Um, and I they've mean, decided. If, yeah, if anybody yep. has a competitor to Amazon, people are going to embrace that tremendously because mm -hmm. everybody hears about Amazon and they have bad experience with it if they have even one little advantage over it, like that's great. I, yep. I, I'm, I, I have the Sam's, I, you got like Sam's club. I use that. If there's Walmart where I can get, I don't have to buy a case of something. Yeah. Do that. So you know, every, Walmart used to be rich. And I were talking about this earlier this morning. It, Walmart used to be the big villain. Everybody hated them. They were too big. They, you know, were taking over towns and, but if you look at how much during the pandemic Walmart has stepped up, yesterday they also announced that they are partnering with Camp, which is this really cool kids store. There's one in Hudson Yards in New York City, Jason. Last time we were there, we visited it. So they have now virtual kids camp, and the camp counselors are celebrities. And then they also announced that they're going to, they're in 160 of their parking lots of their stores, they're going to have drive-in movies. So they have these giant blow up screens and you can come and you can listen to the, you can watch the movie and um, they're going to do over 320 movies between now and October, the end of October. You know, that's cool. That's like everybody needs a cup of cold water. But come on down and watch a movie. You know what I mean? That's, that's a company with a heart. Where, where I see, where I see Amazon falling behind if, if Walmart really launches this is the, uh, the fact that, Amazon had to get into the grocery game by buying a Whole Foods. Whole and a lot Foods. of towns don't have Whole Foods. And I don't like Whole Foods because it doesn't have a lot of things that I like. What, is Am what does Walmart have, though? Walmart has these giant super centers that are distribution centers. Like, there's probably eight Walmart super centers in Houston with giant the, – the ability to distribute groceries the same day – that Amazon cannot touch. And also yeah. within that grocery store, they also have all the other goods where Amazon has fulfillment centers. Well, you can consider Walmart having eight fulfillment centers without having to really retool. All they have to do is restaff in a different way. That's interesting. Yeah, you turn yeah. From, from eight o'clock at night to eight o'clock in the morning, that Walmart super center that people would come into is now a Walmart distribution center. Yeah, and it's the, the infrastructure, awesome. right? It's the infrastructure Brilliant. was already there for Walmart to do this. And throughout the country and in places that, I mean, gosh, I remember driving this stretch of road that I, I don't remember what it was on, but like by the Grand Canyon going from outside of Arizona into, um, uh, where was I? Outside of Arizona? Uh, outside arizona and walmart distribution center yeah but basically just their tumbleweeds i mean right the flat nothing nothing as far as the eyes yeah. i could see and then you're you're driving and then boom a walmart <laughs> and then <laughs> nothing 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 and a walmart that already exists and that's across the country right so they and that's been everybody's biggest problem with amazon through this is the delayed shipping and what is amazon what are you paying for with prime it's that instant shipping it's that getting the products that you need in a crunch and obviously pandemic and that, that changes things. But at the same time, I think people are starting to maybe not question their prime membership, 
but they were looking at going, to, they were getting what they needed from Walmart instead of waiting for their prime membership. So this was like a perfect time for Walmart to make this announcement. It's only, it's going to cost $98 a year, same day delivery, fuel discounts and early access to product deals. Sounds a lot like yeah, and, but, and, and before uh, Amazon prime, one of the advantages you had was all the, the media that you had available, you know, all the, the movies and the TV shows, but now with the kind of explosion of Disney plus and Hulu and all these subscription services, I can't tell you the last time I used my Amazon prime uh, to watch something. I, I, I really can't, you know, it, before it was like, Oh, look at all this other stuff that you get with Amazon free shipping. And that's what prime was, was free shipping. Then oh, here's some other stuff. But now it's like the market's kind of segmented so much that you, you can't have an all-in-one option like Amazon wanted. And all the bad press about, you know, people walking out of Amazon distribution centers and forcing them to work where I, I, I honestly haven't heard that much bad stuff about Amazon employee relations in a, or Walmart employee relations in a long time. Yeah, you just... You haven't heard about that in a while. The biggest thing was lately was Target paying their their employees fifteen bucks an hour. You know, you mentioned um, all the different all the different choices for TV, and you don't watch Amazon Prime that much or Amazon whatever it's called. Um, so we have something like twelve hundred TV channels on our cable, and then we have all of the major Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, all of those on our TV. And then the other day, I went out and bought a Roku. And put that in. Now we have Apple and now we have Disney Plus yeah. and a bunch of other things. And you guys, I still can't find anything I want to watch. <laughs> me crazy. I well, used to love to go to Netflix and Amazon to find bad horror movies. I can't you know, even find them anymore. You know what that's called? That's called the claustrophobia of abundance. Of abundance. You have too yeah. much to make a choice. Yeah. Like, feel trapped. And you know what else? You know what else it's done to me? It really irritates me when I have to watch a commercial. Oh yeah, I hate commercials. My kids, <laughs> my kids make fun of me now because I'm <laughs> I'm clicking through commercials or I just change it. You know, speaking of <laughs> subscription services, here's bad customer service and bad bad. So Walmart, great decision, right? Okay. Being made in the midst of a pandemic, really bad decision being made in a pandemic. YouTube TV raised its subscription fees $15 a month beginning uh, August for current subscribers and effective immediately for new subscribers. So it went from $50 a month to $65 a month in a pandemic where it's now essentially, you might as well just get cable. For, so for the people who were unsubscribing from cable and they were going to like a streaming live service, um, YouTube just made themselves the most expensive one. How well, does that I make 12, any sense? I pay twelve ninety five a month for YouTube without video, without commercials for my grandson. What am I? Is that what's different from what you're talking about? This is YouTube TV, which is essentially live streaming. So they have like oh. sixty five channels of like regular TV, um, but now you're basically paying a dollar a channel. So I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No. But the funniest thing about it was I wasn't even thinking about my YouTube TV subscription and the fact that I'm paying $50 a month for live TV when there really is no live TV right now. Yeah. Like live TV doesn't well, exist unless you're watching news. <laughs> like yeah. I, I DVR everything and then watch it whenever I'm going to sleep. So I cancel it with no problem. So yeah. like, how did that make any sense? Rich, have you watched any of the really bad TV shows that I enjoy? Like, you know, say a Real Housewives of uh, of of uh, Beverly Hills. So oh, instead, really instead, George, I wouldn't miss it. I know you wouldn't miss it. So, but here's what they're doing. Jeez. It's because they, it's cut, because they no, can't. They can't the throat. Yeah, they can't do the um, live confessionals right now. Film them. So they're watching, they're playing old episodes and then they have two characters Zoom. So they watch it together and then they make comments. It is the dumbest thing in the planet and they call it new. You watch that? Oh, yeah. You have all those, oh, all those oh, options oh, and you honey, watch that? Oh, That's honey. what you're choosing to spend honey, your time? I, uh, you know what? Let me tell you what. You I, work, I, I work so much. Wait, wait a minute. I work so shot. much. Low one. That I, was a low shot. I need to watch crap. 
I need to be entertained. She likes Kaiser was, the uh, World Wrestling Federation, you know? Shut up, I do not. I, I, went, to, I went to WrestleMania two, two years ago. I do ago, not. So. Get, on, get on no. Netflix and get on Netflix and click anything. It'll be better. Yeah. I don't know. I like watching reality TV. I'm perplexed at this conversation because... I love boxing. I truly, truly do. I'm a savant. I know every, if you ever have a question about boxing, I have the answer. Now. What size shoe did Muhammad Ali wear? He wore 15. <laughs> <laughs> he could be making it up, but he says it hey, so surely. It just <laughs> is like. Muhammad Ali, I knew him. He, he had a house by my house. And he actually punched my hand. And he said, this right hand can always say. That I, and he punched it so fast, I never saw it come. It just hurt. That's did, it, did it sting? Oh, man. <laughs> like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> All right. You didn't say All right. we got we, we, we got to get to the topic at hand okay. here. We're here uh, so, having uh, so much fun. We got to talk about refund retriever. Let's get serious now. All the stores we've been talking to, I, and we're talking to them about every day, they're, they're coming down to this. I've had enough of this. I know how to run a store. Tell me something I need to do. I need to make money. And so we started saying, do you ship anything from your store? And it was absolutely resounding, yes. And we said, then you're leaving money on the table and you don't even know it. And that is a yep. good way to start the conversation with what yep. Brian does because he gets retailers money that they don't even know they threw, they threw away. And yep. he- okay. So Brian, I got a question. So right. what's happening? What's happening with shipping right now? And what do you think is going to come as we get deeper and deeper into the pandemic? And how has the pandemic changed your industry? So basically, shipping is going through the roof for pretty much everybody. And what we're seeing is a lot more shipping, but also a lot more late deliveries. <laughs> But when this all started, FedEx and UPS basically said, hey, there's a pandemic going on, so we're not going to honor our on-time or it's free guarantee, which is what we did where, you know, in the past, the, the reason I started this company was because every FedEx and UPS package that sent out, ground, expressed, international, is guaranteed to arrive by a certain day or time or it's free. So, Somebody spends $9 on that package, supposed to get there on a Wednesday, gets there on Thursday. They're entitled to a refund for the full amount. We would find those on invoices. We would go to FedEx or UPS for the client and have the refund put back on their account. And our fee was a small percentage of that. Well, when the COVID started, they said there's a, a spike in everything and we're not going to guarantee everything uh, for a, a certain amount of time. And they're still doing that right now. We're still not guaranteeing it. But also, we've seen a big spike in late deliveries. And I don't know if it's that, that's because of offices and businesses not being open or if there truly is a, a, a real spike across the board where we've seen some clients have had, you know, they're basically doing Black Friday every single day. We've seen some go the other way. And then now we're starting to see where it's more of a supply issue where if their shipping's going down, it's because supply is not coming in. Maybe they had a supply up until this point, but I'm looking at some numbers now by, by month for us. So before this started, like January, February, FedEx and UPS were across the board. We're running anywhere from for FedEx about eight to 7% of packages that were not delivered on time. That doesn't mean that they were all just late because of something happened. There could have been somebody wasn't there or there was a customs delay, a weather delay. UPS was anywhere from six to 5%. They were more efficient. But in May, FedEx has jumped up to 14.3. UPS is up to 13%. And you, the, the real spike in what we saw the late deliveries was week three, the end of April going into May, that's when we saw everything spike. It's going down now. So packages are a little bit more on time than they were before, 
but also that kind of creates because FedEx and UPS, their customer service, in my opinion, is really kind of dropped because of the amount of issues they've had. I don't think they've been able to really keep up with people calling in. Like before UPS had a, a chat functionality on their website. Now their chat functionality is a bot that tries to direct you to a different web page and it it causes a lot of issues. So we like we have this late package blog that we put up on our website maybe a year ago or so of just some common numbers to to we knew people were hitting our website and not finding the answers. So we decided to make a, a blog page to give somebody the answers the or the 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 next clue to go find the right answers. And, and they get that on they get that on refundretriever.com. Refund retriever, one of our blogs. It's like a lost package blog. If you go on Google and you type in lost UPS package, more than likely our blog's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be on the first page somewhere. And it's just some numbers to to call or some steps that we say to take to you know like check your neighbors uh, for the package before I mean, before you go sit on hold with UPS FedEx or try to find Amazon and that's the biggest thing is trying to find Amazon right now but before you do that call your neighbors or or just see if a package is at your neighbor's door that might be yours go knock on their door. Or, you know, also if it's not, if it says it was delivered one, a certain day, if it's not there, like it says delivered at five and it's not there at six o'clock, wait a day because it might've been misdelivered. That person might have given it back to FedEx or UPS and it might be delivered the next day. Or it might, the, the driver might've misscanned your product and it wasn't delivered that day. It's going to be delivered the next day. So give it a little bit of time. And a lot of people, you know, in, in today's, you know, your Amazonification of shipping preferences, you want it that day and you want a picture of it on your phone. Well, UPS right. and FedEx aren't there yet. So give it a day. But if it's not there the next day, then yeah, call FedEx, call UPS or contact the seller to do the same because the sellers are having these same issues. It's, yeah. it's, it's the shipper. And when it comes to the kind of the other side, if you're the shipper, if you're that company, you're going to have to put a little bit more time and effort into the customer service aspect, kind of the after the fact uh, selling process than you did before. So I tell some of my clients, um, it's best if like, you know, whenever you have, if you can have like email triggers that give the phone number to your preferred method, whatever your preferred method of contact is, if it's your live chat, if it's your email, if it's your phone, you know, tell the customer that instead of them having to go to your website, fill out a contact form, no. that they bounce on it. They might think it's a new lead or a new sale that jumped off, you know, circumvent that and give them those options of you want to contact us, email us right here and we will get yeah. back to you. It's no, it's interesting. Go ahead. What's What's interesting about that is that when we, stores first started closing, one of the things that Rich and I told people retailers to do was find out the cell phone number for your UPS and your FedEx driver, so that if you were going to be in the store, if you weren't going to be around, if they had a delivery or something was going on, you could call them right on their on their cell numbers, and it it saved a lot of people a lot of hassle. So oh, yeah. I'm a re, I'm a retailer. And I'm listening to this and I have a, we know so many retailers that did well in their stores before COVID started, but now they're selling online. They're selling particularly on, on Facebook live and they are, they are making more now than they did when their stores were open physically. So, you know, they really adopted. Okay. So, so I, I, I'm a brick and mortar retailer. Maybe I've never sold online before. Now all of a sudden I am, things are crazy how do I sign up for refund retriever? What does it cost? What do I, you know, what do I, how do I know? How, how does it work? So what we do is we're, we are very far downstream from the seller actually putting that product in a box, putting a label on it, person getting it. We get access to the invoices for the FedEx or UPS seller. 
we download the invoices, we process everything in our, our software. We see what day it got there, what day it should have got there. If it was late, typically we go back, but right now we don't. But instead of that right now, we're doing more of reports and analytics for clients. So lost package reports, uh, damage package reports, um, and looking at some of the address corrections, some of the other accessorial fees on there and kind of just trying to give a little bit more information. We're trying to distill a, you know, a 50 page UPS invoice into four screens. Like, let me give you a little bit of information that you might not have known before because you can't, you know, it's the forest from the trees and we're trying to show somebody a, a view of all their late deliveries or all of their okay. damage packages or all the packages that are past 15 days that have not arrived. And it's kind of, it's, we're also trying to give the ability to have a tool to give a little bit more customer service where if something is you show is not delivered and you go on refund retrievers client interface, you log into your account, you see a report, what packages have I sent in the past 15 days that did not hit that person's front door? And there's eight of them. If you can reach out personally and say, hey, we noticed your package did not show as arrived. Maybe it did arrive. Maybe that driver was in a hurry and just threw it on, didn't scan it, happens. But if you can kind of show an after the fact follow-up, even if they didn't remember they bought it or if it's not an issue, you're going to have a repeat customer right there because yeah. you did something that a lot of retailers aren't doing, a lot of, a lot of online shippers. And, you know, I, I remember when we would go to ASD and stuff and there was a lot of brick and mortar retailers out there. And I, I would talk about, you know, your second store is online. That's where, that's where your second location is. It's not in another town. It is online. And Part of that is, you know, like you'd have a second store, you have rent, you have staffing, this and that. Well, your rent and staffing for online is your platform and that kind of additional customer service where somebody's not standing there, but they have the ability to sit at a screen and get a certain piece of information that will help that customer. It's, it's like, like an artificial intelligence, if you will, but it's something that a lot of people don't have. I mean, when's the last time that you bought something that a retailer might have followed up with you and said, hey, we noticed this was damaged. We noticed that this didn't get to you on Wednesday. Never, never. Exactly. And, and okay, our, okay, Amazon has. I got to give them that. Zappos is pretty Amazon. good, but not like that. Not even to that level. Who, Zappos. But you're, who, Jason? Zappos. But you're talking about multi-million dollar ERP systems right. that are designed <laughs> to do that. Yeah. We're talking about the regular guy that might have five packages a day, might have five yeah. packages an hour, mm -hmm. might have five packages a month. We can give that same level of information to them in reports and analytics. The problem is that we see is you have to use it. It's there for our clients. That's, that's with they everything, right? You have these it. great systems, but you have to use it. Yeah. I it's mean, so there, important right now. Customer service in a, in a COVID era, like customer service, customer service is always important, right? But right now, I think more than ever, customer services is the most important thing because yeah. there's safety, there's all those things, right? For in-person, but then online, how do you differentiate, differentiate yourself from someone else? It's the quality that you're providing, whether yeah, that's you, in product or service. Yeah. Like, like, you know, uh, Rich was, I think Rich was saying earlier, you know, the retailers that come out of this are going to be better than they were before. And that is also, you know, if, if you're not growing, you're dying. And in this time, if you can find a way to grow and you can move and move, uh, move product, even if you're not making what you did before, if you can still move product online, if you can find a channel that you're putting somebody else to work or you're keeping yourself busy. Whenever this kind of opens back up, it's, it's going to be, it's like a Darwinism where, you know, the strong are going to survive and you're going to open that brick and mortar better than 
you were before because you have a completely different understanding of how to service a customer. Yep. Hey, you know, all right, so here's the question. We were at, the, at a show with you about four or five years ago, I think when I first met you. And uh, I listened to you talk to a number of people. And so I, I, I had a friend that has a big store, ships a lot. And I'll never forget after your presentation, he said, is that guy for real? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, he said that I can get money back on shipments that are late. And, you know, and he went on and on. And he said, uh, he said, I didn't know that. Is the guy for real? And I said, well, he could not be in our booth if he wasn't for real. So he came over and sat down. I saw him sit down with you for probably 30 minutes. At the end of the 30 minutes, he came back up and he said to me, I'll buy you dinner tonight. And I said, why? He said, it won't cost me a penny. I said, why? He said, because I'm going to make it back in the first month. Exactly. You tell him, in, in, in the, in the, for me, the ninth grade edition explanation, what did you do for him that made him so excited that all other retailers that were talking about leaving money on the table when they talked to you, they all come back and go, oh my goodness, I, I've lost a lot of money. I'm not going to anymore. What did you say? The bulk of FedEx and UPS shippers pay the invoice and go. They never look at what was charged for every tracking number because if they do they're not retailers because they don't have anything else to do right the ability to look at every single tracking number and every single two dollar and thirty cent charge every single 75 cent charge on a thirty eight thousand dollar invoice even if you put some even if you have a giant company and you put somebody in place their only job is to do that you're going to lose money because it's so time, it, it, it's just, it, it, there's so much time you can put into it and it's so cumbersome and they, the carriers make those invoices so difficult to honestly read and have so many different categories and this and that. And then they come back two weeks later and charge something else that the ability to kind of put a, a person in that place that only makes money when we save you double that's where people that's where we 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 actually you do. close deals whenever that's you know when you i do. started this company i signed up with a company that claimed they could do this and this was in 2004 2005 is when i had my ebay company and we started i mean in 2005 we were shipping out $25,000 a week in ups cost we were selling a ton on ebay this was before everybody had you know, a camera in their pocket where you could take a picture of the item and put it on eBay. That was, that was foreign. We were selling other people's stuff on eBay. We were killing it. But our biggest issue, our, my biggest cost was UPS. And I found a company that claimed they could monitor this for me and get me money back. And after two months, I realized, okay, they're not doing it correctly because I haven't saved any money. So I kind of, I, I hired another person to kind of take my place in that business to kind of do more of the the day-to-day, -day, you know, boots on the ground, getting product out. And I, I kind of stepped back and said, I'm going to look at some of my bills now. I'm going to look at what this claim is. And I started tracking and estimating all of my packages. And it, it took forever and then I would contact UPS and I would say, this was supposed to be on Monday. It's there on Tuesday. And I want my money back. I, and I'll never forget the first time I called UPS and they said, okay, we'll give you a refund back. I remember exactly where I was. I remember <laughs> yeah. exactly. I, I remember like that. Like, <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah. What I was wearing. <laughs> that was the enlightenment, right? For yeah. And I was like, and, and I remember like, I have a hundred more of these. And that day I, I made myself $900 sitting at a little computer in the front of my store. And I remember like stopping when I was all done, like this works and this is, this is better than I thought it was. And the next week I did it, same thing. Boom. I was like, Holy, 
holy smoke. As like, okay, this works, but now I have to find a way, honestly, to automate this because I don't want to do a thousand packages a week. I want to do a thousand packages a minute. And that's, that's the difference I think in, you know, to, in seeing a, a good idea and running with a good idea. Yeah. And I said, okay, now we need to figure out how to do this for the masses and then bring it to everybody else. Because there were other people in the market doing this. They were just no good at it. And, <laughs> and I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel because every single one of my competitors kind of reinvented the wheel because there's, I have a lot of competitors out there and also a lot of the competitors, you know, they, you can go to a, a, another country and have programmers do this, but it's only going to last a few months because FedEx and UPS change things. They change formats. And as soon as it breaks, it breaks. And that's the difference. Yeah. That's, that's what we've been going since 2006 because we figured out a way to, to do it properly and do millions of packages a day. So a store can come to you, any store could come to you and say, I ship five packages a week. Oh yeah. I want to work with you. They're going to make money back on that deal. Eventually they will. Everything might be on time or might have a weather delay or a reason we can't get, but we might not be getting money back for them for a certain amount of time but we're still giving them reports and analytics. There's, there's sometimes where somebody might be too small and it's not that we're, we're, we don't want their business because we're not going to make money from them because it doesn't cost me another nickel to sign up a client to put them into our system because everything's automated. It pulls the information. It pulls everything down. And if there's no late packages, there's no other processing that happens because all of our reports and analytics kind of spill out because I've built that infrastructure and I have, I have right. a capital investment in that. But whenever, sometimes somebody might be too small. The only reason that we will ever not take on a client is because their volume is so low that I don't want them to sign up in January and then me send them an invoice in July and then them getting upset. Like, what the hell's going on and why are you trying to charge me money and who are you? <laughs> it's, it's more of a, it's more of a, they forget we're behind the scenes because we're so non-intrusive. They don't know we're there until we save them money. And, and that, now, can, and, uh -huh, go ahead. Can wholesalers use this too? Of Distributors, course. Anybody, anybody can, that right? has a FedEx or UPS account that pays FedEx or UPS a nickel can be a customer of refund retriever. So right. you, and in and in, wait and in Canada, Canada. So a lot of a, it, yes and no. I'll give you that. So if they're a strictly Canadian customer shipping within Canada and only in Canada, no. But a lot of Canadian customers that we we do have Canadian customers, but a lot of them what they do is whenever they they their supply chain in the U.S. they ship you know, truckloads over the border into distribution centers right near the U.S. border, U.S.-Canada border, and they ship out from the U.S. as U.S. into the U.S. supply chain. So it's a ground package. You can't ship a U.P.S. ground residential package from Quebec to Los Angeles. It's a different service. But if that comes across the border and starts in the United States, that's a ground package. Minimum charge is $8.23. It's just within the U.S. service guide. It moves just like any other package from, if I ship if I ship a box of cookies to you guys in the supply chain from Texas to Chicago, same thing. I'm going to be waiting on those cookies. And uh, so no, the, the ground the ground is, is also covered. So there's guarantees with ground as well. It's not just the air. That's where the bulk of the late packages are. Wow. Well, yeah, I would imagine. I'm surprised that they yeah. offer it because of that. Yeah. So, every, so every once in a while, we'll get a box of Girl Scout cookies in the mail. <laughs> so my, my, daughter, my daughter sold Girl Scout cookies to me, and uh, I yeah. bought a lot of them. And literally, Daddy buy them all. we were just putting labels and throwing them right in the mail. <laughs> 
And so, it, Brian, yeah, Brian? Rich, ate, Rich ate them all before I got in that morning. No doubt. Because, you know, a box of Girl Scout cookies is a single serving. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so, so my, my head calculates this correctly when I tell every retailer. What I say to them is this. If you ship boxes of anything to your clients, homes or whatever the case might be, and UPS or however you, you know, all the things that you cover, if it's they're supposed to be there and it's late, they're due a refund on that shipping, and that's exactly what you do that they've never been doing in their life, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's it. We have people that sign up with this that have been giant shippers for the past 15 years. Like they started, like they were one of the first e-commerce customers, and and that's like whenever we go to trade shows, when we're at ASD. We are very, very rarely ever run across somebody that has this service in place. We're not taking customers from other clients. We're, you know, when we get up on stage, it's more of we're trying to educate people that this is an actual thing because even the most seasoned FedEx and UPS shippers don't know it's there. And, you know, with, with, with the lack of, the refunds, you know, we've kind of pivoted our service to reporting and analytics for the smaller clients. And for the larger clients, we started kind of doing more where we benchmark discount rates. And uh, so like if you're a larger volume FedEx UPS client, you there's a published rate system that's in place that you know exactly how much it costs to get from here to here. Pounds, yeah. zones, and they get discounts off of those pricing uh, models. And so a lot of clients that are large, they basically go to their FedEx and UPS and they say, we've doing a lot of shipping, give us a discount. They give them a discount. So we've kind of pivoted to doing pricing modeling based off of our client data and based off of what we've seen and say a client shipping, maybe they're shipping a million dollars a year in UPS and they're getting a 35% discount on ground. Well, we know where a million dollar shipper should be. Maybe 35 is good. Maybe 35 is bad. 35 is bad. It should be near 50. And we can go to FedEx or UPS for that client with the proper, I guess, uh, counseling and the proper terms of the agreement and say, you spent a million dollars. Really, you should have spent about 800,000 because this is the contract you need. And we help them get that. Wow. Okay. So in other words, I can't lose. So now, Brian, are you afraid to ship things during Christmas? <laughs> are you afraid oh, no. that FedEx has <laughs> your number? <laughs> it's funny. I was I was at the UPS distribution center uh, last Friday. There we have a giant one just like south uh, southwest of Houston in Stafford, and it's I mean it is massive. And I made a stupid error on a U, on a Home Depot order i got the address wrong because it was a mixture of addresses i i screwed it up big time but i put holds on everything and i felt like i was walking into just the lion's den like i was like literally i'm walking into this place and there's i mean there's did you expect UPS to see your picture on the wall <laughs> i, I kind of did like i like i'm at the post office like the most dartboard. Yeah. yeah like i walked in there and i was like my entire career is based on your failures. And now I'm, I am standing on your property right now. I was just, I was waiting for the net to come down. Kind of. Yeah. I think I would have been too. It was right, before we, before we start to bring this home, I want to ask you one more question. So all, right. all these, all these degrees you got, you're, you're among other things, you're an attorney. What made you, decide to kick corporate America to the curb and become an entrepreneur? Um, holding my own fate in my hands, kind of. Being able to, you know, whenever I was in law school, I, I had uh, internships with different law firms and I, I, I was successful at it. I liked it, but I also didn't like the fact whenever I build out $300 to a person per hour, I only saw a buck 25 of it. I want, I want it all. 
and also <laughs> you're you know you're you live and die by other people's i get other people's efforts and i yep. never i've never been comfortable putting myself in somebody else's hands other than my immediate family and still i'm not comfortable like it's kind of like letting my wife drive i don't i I oh god you and rich letting my wife drive i'm very nervous about that it's not that she's not a bad driver it's it's me that does (laughs) not i i'm i'm in control and yeah that's that and and also that also bleeds over from my my professional life into my personal life which that's a whole another podcast but also maybe you should, maybe you should park here yeah i don't think the car is straight maybe but we also should, like, maybe you should change lanes shut up <laughs> <laughs> i you know i i want my own future to be determined by me a hundred percent like well, i if you, you see on my my little screen down here i have little quotes that i like that i put on here and like I'm one of my it's better to die from exhaustion than starvation and that's how I've always kind of run like I'm just going to keel over and not you know just get left behind it's going to be I'm either pushing the boat or I'm going to sink it and I've I've never and also I've never done anything that also my heart wasn't 100% in yeah. And if, if you don't believe in your product, you don't believe in your service, then you're in the wrong business. And, you know, with, with retailers out there, if you don't, if you're, if you don't believe your product, like in a, in a retail brick and mortar, don't put it online. Like there's so many different ways that retailers that are brick and mortar can thrive right now by putting it. I mean, you don't have to go get a big commerce website or a Magento website and go out there and, and SEO your products. And I mean, that's an expensive proposition. You know, you can start, if you believe in it, you can put it on eBay, you can put it on Etsy, you can put it on Facebook marketplaces and put that shipping in, in place and kind of move it. If you believe in it, you can move it. Right. And yep. that's kind of how I've always kind of run my, my business. I've always believed in it and it's... well. I've been here. It works, obviously, right? Well, the four of us are certainly kindred spirits when it comes to entrepreneurship. So as we bring this, and this is, we could go on forever and talk about websites and stores and, and, and you and Rich and your wife's driving. But but (laughs) we have, we have, I just got to tell you a closing, right? Because you'll, you'll appreciate this. I'm the same way. We're coming home from a, a short trip we took, and the highway was under construction, and the road curved, and I had to take that exit. And as I did, I took, you know, those big round barrels that are orange and white? I took of course. Four of them. I think I took four of them out, and I <laughs> was just going boom, 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 boom on a brand new car. And uh, I finally got it on the road and recovered, and my wife looked at me as nonchalantly as she could, and this is a, my brand new, brand new car. She looks at me and says, my mirror's gone. <laughs> and I looked over and all we had is wires hanging out the right side of the <laughs> And then she yeah, said, and the- I'm only glad I wasn't driving. And I- <laughs> yeah, well, if she was driving, it wouldn't happen, A. And B, it's her brand it's her brand new car. So that's good, Tyler. Uh, yeah, I know. So everybody, everybody go to refundretriever.com to find out more information about Refund Retriever and their services. More about Brian. You can see pictures of, of Refund, the actual retriever. He's a cool dog. Yeah, and Jason he's upside down on the couch right now. <laughs> like a person. Jason, bring us home. Brian, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, there's there he is. There's refund. He's literally laying on my couch. That's what he does all day. (laughs) Well, thank you, Brian and Refund, for being on the podcast. And uh, it was great, uh, great conversation. And thank you for listening. We hope you had a great time, uh, as much fun as we had. I mean, look, you're never going to have as much fun as we have, but that's okay. (laughs) As long as it's close. Uh, Join us again next week. And uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple. Uh, Deezer, Google, 
there's so many places to get podcasts these days. Just look it up and you'll find us. <laughs> Thanks again. And we will find, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.